Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2369 with a release date of Friday, March 24th, 2023. To follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Fire destroys an important life-saving repeater in Oklahoma. The Dayton Amateur Radio community loses a leader. And a victory atop an Australian summit for one young operator. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2369 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. A vital repeater in southern Oklahoma has literally gone up in smoke, leaving a region without an important emergency communications resource. Ralph Squalachi, KK6ITB, has that story. Fire has destroyed the W5BLW repeater in southern Oklahoma, taking down a critically important resource for Skywarn, the Red Cross, and local emergency operations in five counties of the region. According to Vance Smith, KE5BAL of the Ardmore Amateur Radio Club, it will be a slow road back for the repeater, which stood for more than 16 years. Vance told Newsline that the repeater was consumed by a controlled burn that went the wrong way on the private ranch property where the repeater stood. By the time the damage was noticed on the mountaintop, it was too late. Now the scrambling and the hard work begins so that emergency communications can resume when needed. Vance said he has an old repeater that can be put up temporarily on another site, but it will be a while before a full power repeater will be back in action at the site on top of Arbuckle Mountain. He told Newsline, quote, We have a lot of work to do up at the site. We are going to need a tower climber to do work up top and along the side of the tower. End quote. The Ardmore Amateur Radio Club repeater bears the name and call sign of Ardmore Club member Charles M. DeBrell, who became a silent key in 1998. He had been a licensed ham since 1929. Vance told Newsline, quote, this is a very important piece of radio equipment for southern Oklahoma. End quote. This is Ralph Squillacci, KK6ITB. A recent move by the FCC means that increasing numbers of smartphone users may discover what hams already know. That when there's no terrestrial service, additional coverage is readily available from satellites. Dave Parks, WB8ODF, has the details. Smartphones may soon have a direct connection to satellites when necessary, following a move by the U.S. Federal Communications Commission to set out guidelines for such service. While space-based connections are already a reality on a limited basis with Apple phones, and they're in the works for T-Mobile, SpaceX, Qualcomm, and Iridium, guidelines are still needed to sort out the rules for a broader implementation. A recent draft document by the FCC seeks to explore this kind of supplemental service and how it would work. The FCC said in a news release that this would require agency authorization for terrestrial-based providers so they could provide licensed operation on a part of the spectrum reserved for them. Phones would switch to the satellite signal when no other signal is available. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Dave Parks, WB8ODF. A leader in the Dayton, Ohio amateur radio community and a force in the annual Dayton Hamvention has become a silent key. We hear more from Patrick Clark, K8TAC. 
Amateurs in Dayton, Ohio, and beyond often look to Ron Kramer, KD8ENJ, for leadership. He was the vice president of the Dayton Amateur Radio Association, which he had one time served as president, and he was general chairman of the Dayton Hamvention. Ron became a silent key on Saturday, March 11th, after a brief illness. His skills at organizing and leading especially came to the forefront as part of the group that worked to provide Hamvention with a smooth transition to the Greene County Fairgrounds after more than five decades at Hare Arena. In a message on the AWRO website, DARA President Jack Gerbs, WB8SCT, described Ron as, quote, a hardworking, dedicated, wonderful person who had a positive impact on everyone he encountered. His only fault was he would never say no. End quote. Ron Kramer was 75. This is Patrick Clark, K8TAC. Congratulations to George Dewar, VY2GF of Prince Edward Island, Canada, on being chosen Activator of the Year for 2022 by the Amateur Radio Lighthouse Society. George is being celebrated for his numerous activations at the region's lighthouses and for promoting the activity in the media. Society President John Huggins, KX4O, and Tim Hajazi, KB3K, said that George was selected for having, quote, set a high bar not just with the quantity of lighthouse activations and logged QSOs, but equally with quality, end quote. All the best, George. Amateur radio communication is just one part of the outer space experience one ISS astronaut is sharing through a new website. Here's John Williams, VK2JJW, with that report. The website's better known as ELF in space, and it's been created by the Mohammed bin Rashid Space Center in Dubai and the Emirates Literature Foundation as a communications tool about technology and the space program. It features Sultan Al-Niyadi, KI-5VTV, the second astronaut from the United Arab Emirates. The communications engineer is on board the ISS for the longest Arab space mission to date. The website's debut was announced on March the 10th. Al-Niyadi is giving its visit as a window into his six-month experience on board the International Space Station. His is not the only voice to be heard. There'll be input from some very terrestrial voices such as authors and space experts. Other UAE astronauts such as Hazar al-Masuri and Nora al-Matrushi will join him. The website has a strong tie-in to the classroom experience, and each week new topics will be released discussing the challenges and discoveries of space travel. There are also classroom-based activities for educators to download for their students. As part of a 20-week learning program, students around the world will watch each episode as it's released with subtitles. A link to the first episode is in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. This is John Williams, VK4JJW. Just a reminder that the Worldwide Special Event for Autism Awareness is on the air March 25th through April 2nd, sponsored by the 10 Mile River Scout Camp Amateur Radio Club. Listen for call signs from an international team of operators, including W2A, GB2AA, GB2AAW, GB0AAW, 8A0RARI, 4X0AAW, HI0AUT, S76A, and VC2. Scientists have found the source of a mysterious radio signal from the sun that sounds curiously like a heartbeat. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, takes the pulse of this remarkable research. When a recent C-class solar flare more than 5,000 kilometers above the sun sent out a radio signal in a heartbeat-like pattern, 
scientists began to work to unlock the reason behind it. The international team went in search of the origin of the pattern, known as quasi-periodic pulsation, or QPP. Studying observations captured in 2017 by a radio telescope in California that detects microwave frequencies, the researchers began studying a heartbeat-like pattern that repeated every 10 to 20 seconds. Then they unearthed something unexpected, a secondary signal which was weaker and could be discerned every 30 to 60 seconds. According to their recently published study, they have been able to determine the so-called heartbeats are triggered by disruptions known as magnetic islands, which form in sheets of rapidly moving plasma from the sun. At the heart of the matter is what this research may ultimately reveal. Writing in the journal Nature Communications, one researcher said the answer was the key to a fuller understanding of the scope of the damage that solar storms can do when their energy is released. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K2JJI repeater of the Tryon Amateur Radio Club, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year in upstate New York. Newsline is heard Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. before the Aries and Racies net and on Echolink node 845553 with a live audio feed on Broadcastify under K2JJI. The Northern Illinois DX Association hosted the first presentation by a 3Y0J team member on what it was like to live on and activate Bouvet Island. The expeditioner Adrian KO8SCA provided a one-hour talk complete with dramatic photographs on the Zoom platform earlier this month. He described the team's 10-day effort to maintain a delicate balance of food and fuel supplies as they scheduled precious time to operate on the air, at first using CW and sideband and later FT8. They also kept an eye on storm systems. As Adrian told his viewers, quote, Mother Nature is never doing things in your favor, end quote. The de-expedition left the island on February 14th after making more than 19,000 CUSOs. Whether you worked Bouvet Island or not, you can still view Adrian's talk, which is now available to everyone, on YouTube on the Northern Illinois DX Association channel. You can also find a link to it through the Northern Illinois DX Association website at nidxa.org. A very young amateur in Australia has completed a summit activation that he's likely never to forget. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, shares his victory with us. First time summit activator Emil Victor Kilo 5 Whiskey 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 has now earned one point in the Soda Awards scheme for each year of his life. The 10-year-old Australian amateur successfully activated Mount Wellington in Tasmania with an HT and a lot of hope Tuesday, March 21, shortly before 9.30am local time. The summit is 1,270 metres or 4,167 foot high. Operating as Victor Kilo 5 Whiskey 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 Port 7, he logged six contacts in the Hobart area on two metres. One half hour later, it was a done deal. Emil's first solo act was a success. His proud father, John VK5HAA, who is also an activator, reported his son's SOTA success on the Australian SOTA Activators Groups.io email list. Congratulations on reaching new heights, Emil. Good on you. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB. 
In the world of DX, the Sable Island D-Expedition CY0S is underway in Nova Scotia, Canada until the 30th of March and will include 2-meter EME operation. Operators will also use the HF bands plus 6 meters. Modes will include CW sideband and FT8 in Foxhound mode. Contacts also count for parks on the air for park VE0210. The ARLHS Lighthouse Award for Lighthouse SAB002 and IOTA for island number NA063. QSL via WA4DAN. Listen for Miguel CT1EBM, who is using the call sign CN2EBM, from the 26th of March to the 9th of April during a 5,000-kilometer tour through Morocco. He is using sideband and FT8 on the HF bands. He will be operating via the Q0100 satellite on sideband. For details, see QRZ.com. Philippe FK4QX, Eve FK4RD and Michelle FK8IK are using the call sign TX5L from Lifu Island, IOTA number OC033 in New Caledonia from the 27th to the 31st of March. They are operating CW and sideband on 40 through 10 meters, QSL via F4FTV. Pista HA5AO will be on the air as 5X2I on the shores of Lake Victoria in Uganda from the 24th of April to the 10th of May. He will operate single sideband CW and FT8 in Foxhound mode on 40 through 10 meters. QSL request to OQRS or send your card direct or via the bureau to HA5AO. The complete log will be uploaded to Logbook of the World six months after the expedition. Be listening for Yanush SP9FIH, who is operating as E51WEG, and Leshek SP6CIK, operating as E51CIK, from Rarotonga, IOTA number OC013, in the South Cook Islands. They will be there from the 13th to the 28th of April, operating CW sideband ready and FT8 on 40 through 10 meters. QSL via Club Logs OQRS. For our final story, we ask, can you imagine being 101 years old and still on the air sending and copying CW? We visit with one man in Iowa who doesn't have to imagine it because he's living it. Jim Dameron in 8TMW tells us about him. Just like the Morse code he loves to send, the 101 years of Lowell Dibble W0TER have been a continuous wave. The Iowa man turned 101 years old on St. Patrick's Day. And according to several press reports and a video on YouTube, his longevity and enthusiasm, like his ability to send CW, transmit a powerful message on a daily basis. Lowell has a long history on the air. He served as a radio officer with the Merchant Marine during World War II. An amateur extra-class operator, he has regular QSOs with his friends using CW and keeps active at the retirement community where he lives. His mental workouts with code are complemented by his daily routine of physical workouts that start his day. His son Mark told TV station KCRG in an interview just days before his father's birthday that what keeps him going is, quote, the excitement of just wanting to do things, get up in the morning. It's not, what am I going to do? It's, what of all these things am I going to do today? End quote. 
Dibble told the TV station that although he credits good genes, having a positive outlook is also a definite plus, and he plans to keep riding the excitement of that continuous wave. This is Jim Dameron, NATMW. We remind our listeners that young hams who live in the continental United States have an opportunity to make news if they aren't already doing so by being a recipient of this year's Amateur Radio Newsline Bill Pasternak Memorial Young Ham of the Year Award. Consider nominating an amateur radio operator 18 years of age or younger, someone who has talent, promise, and a commitment to the spirit of ham radio. Find application forms on our website, arnewsline.org, under the YHOTY tab. Nomination are now open and close on May 31st. Do you have a piece of amateur radio news that you think Newsline would be interested in? We're not talking about advertising your club's upcoming ham fest or field day participation, but something that's out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we would like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. With thanks to Amateur News Weekly, ARRL, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, Dayton Daily News, DXWorld.net, FCC, C425DXNews, Groups.io, Gulf News, KCRG TV, Lloyd Colston, KC5FM, Muhammad bin Rashid Space Center, New Jersey Institute of Technology, QRZ.com, SciTech Daily, Shortwave Radio.de, TechCrunch, Vance Smith, KE5BAL, Wireless Institute of Australia, and you are listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG in Union, Kentucky, saying 7-3. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023. All rights reserved.